I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the 2019 Round 9 preview episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. This is a massive double game week, so you, you want to listen to this one. Uh, this episode, like always, is brought to you by BeardCareClub.com, a U.S.-based ba US veteran-owned company offering facial hair and hair care products and accessories for both men and women. Uh, check out BeardCareClub.com today and find out more and also use code MLS fantasy to get your MLS fantasy insider discount on your order. So I think it's, I think it's 30%. So it's, it's a great discount. Lots of cool products. Definitely recommend beardcareclub.com to check it out. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, And tonight I'm joined by co-host Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. Welcome guys. And also we'd like to welcome our very special guest, Abby Mood, managing editor over at Burgundy Wave. How is everyone tonight? Doing well. Doing good. Happy to be here. Great. Thank you. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Abby, I think I mentioned it on the show at one point. Abby was supposed to join us a few weeks ago. She she wasn't able to. Had to, had to cancel at the last second. And so we got her worked back in this month. And we're very happy to have her uh, continuing our representation from Colorado that we've had uh, so strongly on the show this year. That's true. Doesn't Matt's practically a regular now, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he's, he's been several times. Uh, we had Dominic that talked to us at the, at the beginning of the season. So uh, we've got I got a lot of Colorado. And, uh, you know, I actually have a, a comment about Colorado later in the show. So I'm looking forward to getting some feedback from you. Particularly, I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I, I think we've had more people from Colorado on the podcast than I've had Colorado players in my fantasy team this year. <laughs> oh. I mean, me too. Probably. <laughs> I mean, that would have changed like two weeks ago for the double game week, but you know, they canceled it. So <laughs> That's right. No, yeah, it could have been a lot better. It could have been a lot better. Oh. Uh, well, happy to have everybody here. Uh, Let's just jump right into the review of round eight. Uh, how did everybody's teams do? Mike, let's start with you. Um, I got 121, which I thought was a pretty good score until I looked at the MLSFI Hosts League, um, which you know just makes me feel bad every time I look at it. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I think 121 is pretty good. Um, I had to scramble after LAFC did the heavy rotation. Um, and dropped K for Atuesta, which I think worked out okay. Brought in Pozuela, which worked out okay. Uh, brought in Miller and De La Garza, which worked out less than okay. Um, big disappointment for me was um, SKC, which I blame Blame entirely for. Uh, Russell did absolutely nothing. I don't know why. I'm sure Blaine will complain about that. But um, yeah, 121, which has been better than what I've been doing most of the season. So I'm now up to 117.4, I think. It's 117. It's low value, but it'll do for now. Sure. Blaine. Yeah, 136 on this one. Uh, uh, week rank 173. Um, can't complain there. In the last, what, two weeks, I'm up over about 350 spots in the overall rankings all the way up to 165. I think I've got a team value of 125.4 right now. Um, 
I mean, I had two slip ups, I think, this week, and that was De Leon as a starting defender. And then my bench players didn't do quite as much as I wanted them to do. But everybody else seemed to do really well. I mean, when your low scores of your scoring players are a four and a, or a five and a six, you can't complain a whole lot. Abby, how about your team? So my team has basically tanked the last two weeks. <laughs> um, I did not take advantage of the double game weeks. I actually didn't realize a couple weeks ago when the first game was. So I think on double game weeks, if you don't score at least over 100, it's kind of a failure. So we'll just say that I failed the last two weeks. Um, but especially, let me see, this week, I was really carried by Vela and Atuesta. The rest of my players scored in single digits. So that was exciting to watch happen. Um, but my team value is 113, which isn't terrible. I'm okay with it. And I feel like I'm going to make some better decisions this week. So I'm really looking forward to this big double game week to make up some ground. All right, Abby, here's the question. Did you score more than 44? I did. Okay, then you're great. <laughs> <laughs> I had 84 points. 84. So, and I only had a couple of double game week uh, players. Because I feel like a lot of people got MLS'd last week with all of the weird scores and the weird things that happened. I feel like it really kind of messed up some things. Oh, yeah. The because MLS was was just 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 thick at the beginning of the of the, of the whole round with with that crazy Vancouver shutout. So yeah, no, we'll touch on that in a second. But no, no, the the because MLS was was very much so <laughs> a factor this week. Uh, as for myself, I did I did pretty well. I got 132 points. Uh, most of that thanks to Colors Vela. Uh, I did the same thing as as Mike and Blaine. I brought in Atuesta, and I mean pretty much all of us here. I brought in Atuesta when I saw like Kay wasn't playing, which I forgot. And then when I saw the results from that LAFCC game, I was like, Kay, tearing it up. Oh, wait. Um, <laughs> well, you're good too, uh, which actually at Tuesta was the best captain option that people could have had for this round. Uh, 21 points, so 42-point captain. Uh, Vela, also very strong, 34, which I think was more likely that everyone went with. Uh, but I tell you, at Tuesta, that's, that's why I like having him in here. Sub-10 million player. Lee Wynn's not been playing. At is usually on a lot mm -hmm. of set plays, very involved, so – He's, he's a great backup player uh, if you can't get K for some reason, so be sure to check him out. I also brought in Segura, changed up uh, my my defender option there, um, and I had a bunch of Vancouver players. I did the Vancouver keeperoo, and so I was fine with having a nine-point keeperoo coming off my bench. Uh, had a non like a lot of us did uh, on defense, and so that worked out. I went with a Rice um, or Erice, Erice, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I think I had it right last week, and, and this week I've just butchered it because I didn't have my little pronunciation chart. Uh, but that did not work out for me. Uh, so four points. I actually – I so I was Easter Bunny on Saturday for, for our local Kiwanis club, and then I went and had dinner with my family, and I missed the Columbus and the Sporting Kansas City information. And so I had a defender from each team that did not play. So I actually got 132 points with only 10 players. So I felt pretty good about that. Um, it was a good week. I, I liked it. I liked it. So uh, glad if you guys are strong. As everyone was saying, if you got in the 130s to 140s range, pretty good round. I definitely say uh, probably looking for the 140s to really see some huge gains. Uh, point scores in the 150s were at the top this week. So if you got a 150 score, which someone in our league did, you're rocking. <laughs> 
Yeah, definitely. So let's give a league update real quick. Uh, Mike, even with your your little uh, bump in the road, you still beat Ryan Anderson, who uh, is our league leader right now, 121 So that to means I win the league, right? Unfortunately <laughs> not. Unfortunately not. <laughs> uh, Blaine, you tied Jason Wiskovich, uh, 136 to 136. So sorry, just couldn't get it. Uh, I beat Tim, who must have been doing something because – uh, I beat him 132 to 61. So that was a pretty, pretty solid beating right there. But thank you, Tim, for helping my points scored in differential column. <laughs> and uh, but top points go to Andrew Crawlard, our good friend from Seattle, 152 points. I think he was round ranked four overall. He'll be on the show next week, so I'm sure we'll get a little belated bragging right there. Uh, top of the table is still Ryan Anderson, though, 701. Mike's Mike's defeat did not help. Uh, dethrone him from there. Then over at at our Patreon league, we still have a uh, River Schuylkill at a seven one and zero as our top right there. Do you have any head to heads, Abby? That uh, do you have a Burgundy Wave head to head league or anything that? I didn't do one this year, so I'm going to start it up on the second season. Nice. Yeah, but people, I mean, people feel very strongly about head to heads, like one way or the other. I feel like it's a very <laughs> polarizing topic. <laughs> Well, we are very pro head-to-head in, in this league, especially since we've got the MLS guys involved, uh, which none mm-hmm. of us played this week. So, But I think they're all ahead of me. Uh, maybe Weeby's not. But uh, uh, Jason Seguini is second in our league. Ryan's Ryan's number one. Uh, Blaine, I think you're pretty high up there. Uh, I'm still number eight. You're pretty high up there. Uh, so it's very challenging. It's a very it's a very tough league that we've got going on, so great things there. Uh, but let's talk about our fantasy takeaways from round eight now. Uh, I've tried to get everyone to collect a few, and we'll just uh, kick it off right here. Abby, first time on, what is a, a surprising – what surprised you most from this round eight? Um, I mean, I think the – as to Westa, like I know he – I mean, I've looked at him. I've had him for a couple weeks, and he um, – I mean, he's pretty consistently scoring some points, but to come out with – even though it was a double um, game week, to come out with 21 points was a pretty solid showing that I was very happily surprised to see. Mike, Blaine, what do you guys want to add? Uh, DC's in a funk right now. I don't know what it is, but I mean, a 2-0 home loss to New York City. I know Mike can speak to New York City a little more. I think they've had the better of DC for a while now, but that's still not something I would have expected from this week. Mike, that might be more of a, of a takeaway instead of a surprise, but uh, is, is that a slump for DC or do you think that's uh, New York City on the rise? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I was talking with some DC fans uh, after the game, uh, and, and their concern is that if teams are figuring out that if you frustrate uh, Lucho Acosta, that you kind of shut down DC United. Um, personally, I don't think a lot of teams have the defensive midfield to do that. Uh, I mean, one of the things that New York City had was they had both Ring and Afori start uh, in the game, and then they had the five-man back line, which we'll talk about a little bit more. Um, I don't know how too many teams in MLS that can really pull that off. I mean, LAFC, we've seen do it. Uh, and then Montreal kind of beat them with a, just a bunkering down, and, and that was a game without Rooney, too. Um, so I don't know how replicable this is over a whole bunch of games, but it, it is certainly concerning. I'm going to throw into the mix. Well, I mean, we'll we'll take the obvious one right now off the table. That's that's the Vancouver LAFC upset right there. The the 1-0 victory in Vancouver. Uh, I think even with the rotation, a lot of people still thought that uh, LAFC was going to come out the best in that game. Uh, but no, they got the 1-0 draw. So 
So that's definitely the biggest surprise. I'm going to also say the end of the Toronto versus Minnesota game was a huge uh, fantasy surprise for me because you saw Toronto beat back to, to get 4-3, so they got those two goals to come back. And there were two red cards for Minnesota there in those closing minutes. So that's a big boost for Toronto. Of course, the continued success of Pozuelo. And then that's a big hit to Minnesota as we're going into this double game week, which Michael touched on there. So that was a big center for me. Uh, anybody else want to add anything for surprises before we get on to our takeaways? Um, Oh, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, go. go <laughs> I was going to say, and I think you're going to say the same thing. San Jose beating Sporting. Yeah. <laughs> like, and not I, I knew someone them. would say it. <laughs> like, helping them, was, that was a big surprise. And just, like, I watched that game, and Sporting looked terrible. Like, they did not look like the team that we're used to seeing from them. So I don't know if it's CCL burnout or what's going on, because San Jose is not that good of a team. All right. Answer, Blaine. I, I can- I will answer to that, definitely. Um, I've said it for two seasons now. Sporting's biggest weakness is speed over the top. And Danny Hoyson just got the, got in the gaps and ran on them, and they can't stop it. Uh, and then when you lose Beasler going down on 2-0 on the second goal or whatever, I mean, that just that ended the night. And, yeah, the guys are kind of in a funk. Um, there's been some debate through some of my sporting friends of just how important Roger Espinoza is. He sat for two games in MLS play, and they've they've struggled a lot more on the defensive side of the ball without him there covering, too. So there's a lot going on here to digest, and if I can get more information out, I will. But that's kind of what we've decided so far. And I think what else is surprising about it, and I'm sure we don't need to like really go down this path too much, but... <laughs> We talk about how deep sporting is and how many backups they have and how great their bench is. And then to see something like this happen because, I mean, granted, like Beasler is a key player and, you know, a couple other key player things going on there. But it's still, I think that was part of what surprised me about it because I thought that sporting had the, the depth to kind of push through and beat a team like San Jose. How much has that man mark played a factor into it, Blaine? Because I saw, I uh, forget what the source was for this, but people were saying that teams that like to, uh, counter have had a bit better time against San Jose, but teams that like to to build up for their attack, that's where the man mark has. I think I haven't gotten that backwards, but that's where the man marks frustrate them more. Yeah, I'm not sure on that one. I wasn't watching the game that in under that lens, um, so I I didn't catch on to that enough. But yeah, if that's what the some of the commentators are saying, I could definitely see that. If San Jose is built to stop down the passing, it we were struggling to get together in the final third. I mean, I can see that definitely. I mean, Sporting Kansas City is definitely uh, a build-up team. I and mean, we're not talking ticky-taka back in the day kind of thing. But they, they get their midfield, they move the ball around, and they get those opportunities that opened up. And, and I could see that uh, if that is holding true, that Sporting Kansas City could be uh, feeling some more pressure from, from San Jose. Because if there's a man on everybody, it's going to be hard to find those guys who are open. Uh, so that, I think, is a, a very valid, fancy takeaway to look at even the the tactics that you see, which maybe mm-hmm. maybe this is a little bit more advanced than some of mm-hmm. us are, are used to looking at. But just think about some of those tactics and how that's going to play out. And it's worth noting, I mean, LAFC beat, um, beat them 5 nothing earlier this year, so it hasn't always held true. But, I mean, maybe it's just as simple as San Jose starting to get used to the system. You know? Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a brand-new coach, brand-new system. I, I also think uh, – I think it was Doyle – uh, and a few other commenters talking about using Godoy, and sh- I'm, I'm forgetting who el- who else is part of the like a double pivot in the central midfield, um, and, and doing not 
not quite not man marking, but instead of like building up, kind of doing the long pass uh, mm-hmm. to, 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 to Hosen um, that Blaine was talking about. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to do that this week because Godoy is suspended for yellow card accumulation. So, uh, and they play Seattle. So at least that'll one be game. interesting. At least one game. That's uh, right. I mean, into that. Uh, great. Did we cover it all? We'll move on to takeaway or uh, yeah, our takeaways. We good. All right. Takeaways. I'm going to start this one out. Uh, we saw it with Vancouver this week, a nine-point keeper, almost the best keeper. We had a 10-point keeper this week, but that double-game week keeper logic, it still holds through. We saw it with Montreal a few weeks ago. The budget keeper came out on top. This week we had Vancouver, another budget keeper on top. So if you guys are looking, my, my takeaway here, if, if you're looking to save some money and you want a decent shot at some good points – very much so are the budget keepers in your mix. Uh, very respectable scores, and uh, we've seen it already a couple times. So just keep that on your radar. You don't got to break your bank for a keeper if you're trying to, to yeah, have a good, strong double game week. Who's next? Abby. Um, I think my biggest takeaway is to take, take advantage of the double game week, even if it's only a couple teams, even if it's a team you don't necessarily expect to do particularly well, um, which feels like a dumb thing to say. And it feels like a rookie <laughs> move that I didn't take advantage of it. But um, but I think sometimes when there's only like a couple games, you think, well, I'll be fine with single game week players if I pick big players that are going to score lots of points. But um, even like I didn't have any, I'm embarrassed to say this. I shouldn't even say it out loud. Like I Vancouver players expected, um, I just expected the games to go differently. So I think it's worth always putting at least a couple players from every team or both teams in double game weeks on your team. If you want to <laughs> and you know, when in doubt, you can always look at those demons because <laughs> they, they have that higher floor mm-hmm. and, and they're usually maybe good for eight to 10 points, which is pretty respectable for, I mean, it's, it's not knocking out of the park. I know we're all usually really looking for like a double digit kind of player for a double game week, but some guy, if you've just got sub 8 million left in your budget and you need to get something, having almost a guaranteed eight to 10 points is a lot better than rolling the dice, maybe getting a four. For sure. Yeah. It happens sometimes. Uh, Mike. Uh, New York city looks better with a striker. Um, Mm -hmm. It it flowed uh, a lot better. uh, And you could really see the talent uh, play out. I talked a little bit about frustrating Acosta. Um, I mean, the New York City just looked so much better. Uh, we went to a five-man back line uh, with James Sands playing more as a center back. Uh, it really allowed Moderita and Tanner Holm to get in. Um, Aber had a lot of chances. I, I think Max Morales looked better. Um, if he hadn't had a yellow card and a PK, uh, he would have gotten eight points this week. Um, you know, now Matricia did get hurt later on, but uh, definitely a lot more encouraging sign from from New York City. And on the other hand, Atlanta is in real trouble. Um, same with the New York Red Bulls. I, I don't know which result is worse, um, but it's a really bad sign when there are rumors from Europe that Thierry Henry is going to replace your coach. <laughs> but Atlanta gets to play the Rapids next week. There we go. Yeah, we, <laughs> I, I, my other takeaway was just play teams – that are playing the Rapids, maybe even <laughs> if they're a single game week team. <laughs> but I didn't know if I wanted to be that mean to you because I already like bashed on the Rapids already. It's fine. <laughs> I'm used to it. It's fine. To blame. Um, well, Abby and Reed, you both started with two of my Golden Rules articles, and I got to go with the third one. Always build that fantasy mullet. 
I mean, the only exception this week to that rule was Godoy for Vancouver on the double game week with 13 points. But the rest of your dream team included Matarita, uh, who was 6.3. Everybody else was sub-6, and your goalkeeper was a sub-5 as a starter. So, I mean, this just further reinforces, make sure you're spending your money up front. Grab those cheap guys in the back and just roll with them. Uh, the return on investment is going to be so much better for you if you're not spending a ton of money back there and bringing in all the big-name players. I mean, it's just it, – it's tried and true and it works. And this week is just another example of that coming through for you. Sure. Speaking of people who are uh, just putting up good numbers, I'm going to talk about two players that did well in round eight that I think are good takeaways going into this double game week in round nine, because both of their teams have a double game week. Uh, first one is Chicago's new TAM player, uh, Nicholas Gaetan. Uh, he got a full 90. So he did 72 the week before I got a full 90 earned two assists against Colorado uh, double game week this week for Chicago, and he's 9.2. So that's that's a pretty good value. I, I do say that, though, Abby, I didn't know if you got the, to really see this game and, and to see if you were focusing on, on Gaetan playing. Should there be a caveat with that because it was Colorado? Do you think their defense is, is hurting enough that a strong performance from Chicago, which has also not, not been an amazing team, is, is something that should be taken with a grain of salt? I don't think it should be taken with the greatest thought. I mean, well, no, actually, yes, I think it should be taken with the greatest thought because I was thinking about something else and started talking about something else, but the Rapids defense is just so bad, like so bad. They're leaking goals. They're on target to have like 98 goals against them or some ridiculous number. Um, so I think that is definitely something to consider that if they were playing a stronger defense you might not see that same result but I don't also don't think um that you should necessarily take all the credit away from him either because I think he is a strong player yeah he's been hyped up a lot uh so there's the two sides of that coin uh Gaetan at, at Chicago maybe more of a differential pick uh could have a decent a decent round uh but but don't I'll take our word for it, I guess. I don't know. That was that was a horrible thing. Take way. our word for Nobody it. That's, what do. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's it's worth there's two sides of the coin. That's something to consider when we're going through there. The other player, uh, Danny Hoosen, uh, snagged a brace this week. Uh, that is his third goal in three games. Uh, a one goal, a zero goal, and two goals. So let's not go crazy here. Uh, but he's got three goals in his last three games. Double game week coming up for San Jose this week. I don't think they'll be high on many people's radar, but he is a 6.9 forward. And after this brace, I would assume he's probably going to be playing some more uh, guaranteed, even with, with what they've got. So uh, that's some players that I took away as, as people to keep on your short list uh, or maybe as fillers if you need them. Uh, Mike, Blaine, what else you got out there? Abby? Yeah, I, I'll give you one more. Um, the Second Vancouver game was a 1-0 loss in Orlando. Um, with the way Orlando's offense has been going, I know I grabbed Nani thinking it was going to be good. I know Dwyer got name dropped last week. If he starts, he's a good one to go with. Uh, I think we were all expecting a little bit more from Orlando on this one, but I'm going to go credit to Vancouver with what they did. I mean, they gave up one goal on the double game week, and that includes a game against LAFC I think Vancouver is slowly starting to put everything together and they're not that pushover we thought they were at the beginning of the season good I mean I'm still happy with the 10 from Nani yeah oh no I'm not upset by that and I mean if anybody was going to kill the Vancouver second clean sheet I mean I'm glad it was him but it just <laughs> Vancouver as a whole seems to be growing stronger as a team and kind of coming together right now 
Yeah, that's a good takeaway. Uh, any other final thoughts before we move on to our MLS Fantasy Insider chat? Uh, surprising win by Portland over Columbus. I mean, I kind oh, of yes. won last week. Of course. That should have been about the Columbus. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, because we had so many upsets by, like, previously winless teams or terrible teams uh, over teams at the top, and, and I think this was one of them. I think Columbus had been overperforming the numbers uh, and it finally caught up to them. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see if this really means anything from Portland. I mean, I think obviously you're going to stay away from them right now while they're still on this massive road trip. But sure. uh, something to pay attention to is whether or not you can target them still. Because I think I, I think a lot of people got burned by targeting Columbus players and, and then having it not turn out well this week. Especially uh-huh. important question going into the double game week. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's move on to our MLS Fantasy Insider chat portion. Uh, requested from Blaine, and this is basically a continuation mm-hmm. of a conversation that he and Mike were having on Twitter. So I apologize oh. if I'm poking the bear right here. But Blaine, I'll let you... Uh, well. Yeah, this is actually a continuation of something Mike said two weeks ago on the podcast that he was behind on the budget and basically giving up on the rest of the fir- of the spring season and just going to have some fun with it. And I'm here to say, don't do that. I've been running some numbers. Reed's score this week is definite proof of this. I think Reed figured up that he had about a hundred and fifteen million on his budget. I know yeah, that started like one thirteen. 113, there you go. I had my preferred 11 that I gave to Reed, and I, with one change would have been De Leon, who was a little pricier, down to somebody like a Fontas, who would have become a, a Baroth with the with the injury there, um, came in around that 115 mark. I think most of our managers should be around that 115 mark at this point. Um, and that score, I mean, there's a couple changes. I would have had Huang in there from – Vancouver instead of Arise, which would have been even more points. And I had a 136 this week, and that was almost the initial lineup I put in, and that comes in about 115. So what I can say is don't give up. I have I've got the budget to go crazy, but where the bulk of my work has been done has been not going crazy with the budget on the field and putting just the money I need to and then running the auto ruse. And that's what's actually hurt me is running all of those arus and not throwing some of my money where it needs to be because some of the budget guys have been getting the, getting the work done. Um, I'm seeing the, some of the better scores come out from guys who did not have the huge budgets. I saw 149. The guy moved up to just, I think, 580 in the overall rankings, but he posted that one on Twitter today and he put up a 149 coming in. He had to move, have moved up 500 to a thousand ranks this week just on this one score alone. So if you're falling behind or think things are going bad, these double game weeks are huge. Um, I'm I, top 500 is always competitive at this level. Um, I've moved up 350 ranks in two weeks on the double game weeks with, just because that you can put up these good scores and that's moved me into the top 200 and that's passing a lot of players, but that can be replicated out. Uh, the one big takeaway I have at the end of this is if you're really worried about your bottom line score and coming away with this, stop with the Aru's and put the money on the field. Don't, don't, sell yourself short there's going to be some big names dropped this week i know mike said it on twitter so i'll give him a chance to do it there were four names thrown out on an early captain's poll mike said he could only afford two of them and 
I say make the sacrifices, build your mullet, put your money up front, go get those four players if you want those four players. Go get who you have to get to get your points because we're seeing big moves right now. We're seeing big scores from guys taking advantage of the double game weeks, and they're not coming with the huge budgets all the time. And uh, Skyler's another one. He's not. He doesn't have. He's budgeted about the same as you guys, and he's uh, top one hundred and fifty player right now. I think on the overall, and he's doing it without the budget. Mike, this is very much in your legal wheelhouse. Your rebuttal. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the rebuttal is when I said like giving up. I, I don't think uh, I was like not playing the game. It's that I recognize that I'm not going to win the overall prize. Uh, right now I'm ranked 1500 and that's like after rising after because I think when I said that I was in like the top two, 2500 um, right now I'm at 655 overall points the, the leader has 840 uh, I, don't, I don't think it's unreasonable for me to say that no matter what I do I'm probably not making up that much ground over that many players so the question is whether or not the strategy is to try to get one of the weekly jerseys at extra time radio is <laughs> are just Get, get overall gains for not much purpose. That was the point of my discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, as as far as the budget, like sure, I could get like the most of those players, but even to maximize that means I do have to sacrifice in the back. And I, I know Blaine is just going to dump on the good defenders, but the reason the good defenders are higher price is because they get more consistent bonus points. So their floor is going to be higher than the budget defenders that I have that I have. Sure, you can get the dream team gets hired some cheap players because they get the clean sheets. But if that doesn't hit, which a lot of times it doesn't because you can't predict it, you get the higher price defenders have the higher bonus points or have the higher floors. So they so obviously having a higher budget is going to mean generally you're going to score more if you make decent picks. Like I don't think there's any way around that. So like yeah, you. it doesn't mean like I can't compete, but I am at a handicap because I did terribly the first few weeks of the season. You know, it's not like, oh, MLS is unfair. Like, no, I made terrible picks and I'm being punished for my terrible picks, which I deserve to be punished because I'm an idiot. You know, but I mean, it's just a, it's simply a realistic expectation of this is what I can do based on the situation and budget available to me. So, you know. It is what it is. I can't really like. There's nothing I can do to, to make up 200 points, especially with the plethora of DDWs. Because even though that means that a lot of, you get high scores, it means you generally have a smaller pool of teams, and it's harder to make that many impactful differential picks in that scenario. Essentially, two sides of the coin. There we are. There uh, we could go on much longer, but but we're not. Uh, but Abby, I will <laughs> let you weigh in on this one. What are your thoughts on? Uh, I, I'm not. No, I, I'm not. We have other things that people want to listen to us for. Uh, the, the don't give up mentality. Where do you fall in on this? Um, I kind of lean towards Team Mike on this one because I feel like I've done the same thing and I was like maybe I'll just wait until the next session comes and then I'll really like kill it. Um. I get what he's saying, though, because especially on double game weeks, like if you're even if you score 120 some points, everybody else is score theoretically scoring a buttload of points, too. So it's going to be harder to make up some of that ground when you're talking about top um, spots in the league. And most people all pick, at least I think most people pick the same captain. So I think that's where the differential is. Like you have to start taking risks and picking captains or picking different players than everybody else is picking. And I think that's how you can make up some ground here and there. But, um, but yeah, I think once you start to fall behind, it can be difficult to catch up. 
Oh yeah, I think there's a lot of value to what everybody's saying right here. And uh, to expand some on on Abby's point, I know a couple weeks ago I got called out for talking about differentials on on Twitter, which I don't really I didn't really called out someone challenged me. I feel like calling out is when it's valid. I was, <laughs> I was challenged. Oh, you got <laughs> right. I was I was challenged. I wasn't called out because I was still right. Um, but I was I was challenged about talking about differential players. And I think it's these smart differentials because you're not picking a guy that you're not going to like, all right, I got it. Adi's coming back this week. We're going there. He's going to get a hat trick. There we go. That's that's stupid. Uh, but if you look at something like, hey, I think most people are going with Vela. I also like the uh, LAFC team this week. But you know what? I'm going to go with a midfielder and because you know, I'm going to think that a midfielder is going to help with a lot more of that uh, – production and see if that would pays off for me. And this week it would have, if you went with Atuesta, you would have gotten what 19 more points or something than the people who went with Vela. So 21. I think 21 more points. Well, he had 21 and I guess Vela had, I don't know. I think, I think Vela, I, I think he it had 42 a, and then Vela had 34. Yeah, It was a four point difference on their base scores. And when you double them, I think it comes up, you get that extra four points back. So that's all the difference was. Four points. Yeah, uh, twenty-one seventeen, and so you if you have both, you get the points for both, and so you got to you double Velas to a thirty-four, you double or you do half again of what the or you double Atuestas. Oh, sure, sure. No, eight points different. So yeah, it's it's like a, it was a four-point gain to go with Atuesta over Vela. Right, as you were saying, yeah, yeah. Um, still more points though. Still more points. Still more points. <laughs> Still more points. How do you make the difference yeah, yeah. in a you know one week overall thing? And I mean, you know, four points here and there is a big deal. Yeah, no, no, mm-hmm. that's right. So, so those are the smart differentials, especially what Abby was saying with with captains, captains that you can go with. I'm, I mean, I'm literally wearing my my fanboy hat here, so uh, I'm going to fall a bit more onto the side of Blaine on this time. But it it's a little bit different. Mike's comment is very valid. It is going to be hard to make mm-hmm. a few hundred points, but that shouldn't discourage people because we have two seasons mm-hmm. and the value that you can still get from playing in this first season is you're getting that information. You're still seeing mm-hmm. the results. You're seeing the players. And so when we have the reset for fall, you know, this already, I mean, everyone's still starting out on the same foot. Everybody else knows it, but it's more than we had at the beginning of the season. You can, instead of everybody knowing nothing, we have a, a much more rich uh, sets of data that we can draw from and expectations and and you can start factoring in the the future double game weeks and the fatigue and and the international call-ups that are going to come in so you're you're still learning and i think that's the important takeaways and and why you can still uh not give up at this time but mike yeah, I mean, you, should... you left out a big thing mike you, you're not just hunting for that extra time radio jersey you are in it to get prizes from the mls fantasy insider league that's right the prizes from this league, gift cards for crazy stuff at MLS, wherever you want to do, you're still in it. Don't, yeah, and I mean, look, this, this week, I've already trash talked Bobby Warshaw. I am in it this <laughs> week. You know, I am now dropping Settlers of Catan trash talk on Twitter. My greatest tweet of all time. My greatest tweet of all time. Yeah. I wanna, Which is I probably wanna, a good commentary on my Twitter skills, if that's my greatest tweet of all time. I want to add one more thing to kind quickly. of like what Mike says. Yeah, very quickly then. Um, I play for a lot of personal pride, a lot of personal goals too. Um, I My goal, I told, said this on Twitter, my goal every year is to finish in the top 200. 
of each season and when it's spring and fall that that to me is a really solid score and for doing the show every week that's kind of where i want to be but i say anything in the top 500 that's a real challenge year in and year out um i know last season i finished outside the top 200 i think i was borderline not even in the top 500 if i finished there at all um so get those goals because not everybody's going to be that top 25 top 10 player i know some of those guys through different draft leagues and things and those guys are crazy um they've got they've got a lot of time into this game they really know what they're doing and I, it's unrealistic to say if I can't be first, I'm not going to do it. And I know that's not what Mike's saying all the time. But I, he said he's 200 points out. I'm at 165 overall, and I'm 100 points out of the top spot. Like, that's going to be a bear for even me to make up. Like, top 50 is going to be a pipe dream at this point. I think I can make top 50 if I have a really good finish to the season. But that's going to even be tough. Number one overall is probably already out of the question for a guy, even in my situation at this point. Yeah. Uh, great conversation. Appreciate it. Everyone weighing in. Uh, want to know what everybody else thinks. If you want to send uh, at MLS Fantasy Boss, at MLSFI, or these guys too, you can at them and see. And are you team Mike or team Blaine? So figure it out from there. It's a classic one. Let's move on to our Patreon housekeeping section here. Uh, I mentioned last week that I was going to give a, a roll call shout off to our Patreon members, and I'm here to do that yet. Uh, right now, a.k.a. Reed Butchers, a bunch of people's names. Uh, that's the name of this segment. So first, we'll give a, a shout out to our $3 patrons here. Uh, R2 Doodle Doo, thank you very much. Uh, Carlo Garbagnati, Carrie Rappaport, Gavin Wiggins, uh, Jeff HG, Dra uh, Graham uh, Leshuke. I'm sorry. Uh, Hickory 33, Jason Vanderhorst, new donor, uh, only an hour old on, on Patreon. Thank you so much, mate. If you know Kevin Vanderhorst down in Kentucky, he's a friend of mine. Let me know. Uh, <laughs> Justin Tripp, Lauren Norman, Mark Prinzmetal, Matt Littman, Matthew Kinsley, MC Football, uh, Mitch Bedzek, who just tweeted about uh, a tough match that he's going to have this weekend in the head-to-head, -head. Mr. Frumble, Pete DeQuatro, uh, River Schoolkill, I looked up how to say that because I wanted to not butcher it because you're doing well in our in our head to head league. Uh, Ron Burnbaum, Ryan Skiles, and Saquib Rakadia. So those are our three dollar patrons right there. Moving into our five dollar patron area, uh, we have. Oh, I did forget to, to mention back at our $3 section, though, uh, that Pete DeQuattro, also a new patron. Thank you, patron. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, now back to our $5 section. Uh, Beth Kaufman, Chad, you must be really cool to have a single name. That's that's impressive. <laughs> Chad, uh, Dan McGuire, Dan Warchel, Daniel Culleton, uh, James Carling, Josh Lewis, Kyle McElhenney, uh, commentator on the show and writes our are uh, behind the stats articles. Uh, Mark DuPont, Maddie Roberts, Michael Denton. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, Mike DePietro, new donor. And I may have mispronounced your name on your first time. So you're in a, in a very reputable group of people now. Uh, <laughs> Mishka uh, Buckhorn, Ron Bodie, Sammy, another single name patron right there. Uh, we have Stephen Comstock, Stephen, Philip, Shannon, and Thomas Johnson at our $5 level. Moving on to our $10 level right here. Names get, the list gets shorter. 
Alex Bruni, longtime donor, donor, Matt Lathrop, Stephen Morgan, and Tim Shaw, our good buddy Tim from uh, SoccerCaptains.com. And then over at our top Patreon level, uh, we had uh, Jessup Gage on the show last week. That's one of the perks right there. We also have Jason Morris, longtime patron, uh, Sherry Snyder, longtime patron, Austin Coyle, uh, new this year, I believe. So welcome, Austin. And then a new patron who just joined this level, Kyle Frankenwich. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, we had Jessup on. I've sent out some emails. I'll send them out again for another round. The rest, uh, Jason, Austin, Kyle, and Sherry want to get you on the show. That's that's one of the perks for being at our top level of patron, plus getting the cool pint glass and uh, some other cool swag, which I made the announcement on Twitter that I was going to be revealing what the, the special... Uh, swag was this year. I've been wanting to do something special. I mentioned the last couple of weeks trying to find it. Uh, I was trying to. I was thinking about doing a challenge coin for a while, but but that just got to be a little bit too too much to try to figure out, and then making sure the shipping worked out and everything. So what I decided to do, kind of in the spirit of some of the classic MLS Fantasy Insider and some of our our tears drinking buddy and all that, is I'm going to be ordering MLS Fantasy Insider koozies. So can, can uh -huh. koozies this year. I'm going to do MLS Fantasy Insider logo on the front. I'm thinking, let me know what you guys think uh, out in Patreon land. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to maybe put uh, some some nice thank you on the back or if you'd rather that I do something like 2019 member. Uh, we can try to make this a reoccurring thing that everyone gets a maybe different color koozie every year and you collect them all or whatever. I don't, I, I don't know. We'll see. But we're going to do gonna do MLS Fantasy Insider koozies. I should be able to slip those into the packages pretty easy. And as soon as I get all that stuff in, I'm going to be shipping that stuff out. So if you want one, if you want a koozie, if you want a sticker, scarves are for winners. So do well in the league. Uh, but pint glasses as well. You can see them back there if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, we've got all that stuff for our patrons. So if you want to find out more about that, go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. And now let's get to the rest of this housekeeping here. Uh, so this is a Wednesday start week, uh, double game week. So it always starts early. And that fun kicks off on April 24th. That's this Wednesday, 7 o'clock p.m. with New York City FC versus Chicago. We know Mike will be tuned in to that one. Our double game week teams are New York City FC, who have a double home game, double game week. Uh, Chicago, who are a double away, away game. So keep an eye on that one. Columbus, D.C., who are a double away team. New England, Montreal, Minnesota, who is a double home team. Uh, LA Galaxy, Seattle, a double home game week team. And San Jose, a double away team as well. So uh, we've got 10 teams this week, double game week. Massive. Be sure you get on there. By teams, nobody. Everybody's playing. That's how this works. If you're looking for switcheroo options, uh, keep an eye on Real Salt Lake. Uh, Sporting Kansas City and Houston, they all have players who are still in that 4.0 range that cover all four positions that should not be playing. Uh, but keep an eye on those lineups. But those are four teams that play later in, in the round that make good switcheroo options. Uh, with that being said, Mike, injury news. I have, watching on YouTube, an entire post-it note filled with injuries and red cards. There was so much this week. All right, so I, I, I probably missed something, but this is what I have. All right, Andre Blake for the Union uh, left the game with a groin injury, uh, no timetable. Uh, we talked about the red cards in Minnesota. Those went to Grigas and Calvo. Um, obviously, they'll be suspended uh, for the first game of Minnesota's double game week. I don't think either of those will get a carryover suspension to the second game. So they'll be available um, the second game, which is the home game against D.C. United. 
Uh, Wagner for the Union uh, also got a red card. Uh, Tider from Montreal, a double game week player, uh, left early with an injury. He trained uh, by almost by himself, but he trained with Piatti. He was also injured and didn't play this past week. Um, I kind of gather that Tider may be closer than Piatti, but that's just kind of speculation from Montreal's part. Uh, Josie Altador, not a double game week, but he's out for two to three weeks, so keep that in mind. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, from Minnesota, Apara um, is playing uh, tr- is uh, trained a little bit, partially, um, so not sure about his status for the GDW. Uh, Ibarra from Minnesota, however, did train, so he looks like he'll be ready to go. Uh, Rui Diaz missed with a heel injury for Seattle. Uh, Will Bruin has a hamstring injury that kept him out this past week. I suspect that'll keep him out for the rest of this double game week. Uh, Marshall was dealing with knee inflammation. No word on his status. Uh, Matriza left early with an ankle injury. Um, I would say he's doubtful for the game against Wednesday, but we'll have to see. Uh, Tajuri Shradi also missed the game uh, this weekend with an ankle injury. Uh, Tadi Castellanos for New York City uh, missed with concussion protocol. No word on his status for midweek. Uh, Godoy for San Jose missed is going to miss for yellow card accumulation. And then uh, DC United's Canaus uh, missed with a knee injury, and I think he's out for the entirety of the double game week. So that's All what right. I got. Thanks so much, Mike, for that update. Uh, Abby Blaine, anything else you want to add? Jack Price from the Rapids also got a red card. <sighs> And just in go. case anybody was going to play him. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. Hey, you know, you never know. Uh, they always say that, uh, well, we always say, not they, we, we are they. We always say that uh, you shouldn't ever really discount all the single game week players during a double game week because you never know. It seems like a single game week player always manages to make their way into the dream team. It's not going to be Jack Price this week, though. That's one thing to say. It's not. For sure, but that is my attempt to make a smooth lead-in to our ESPN Plus Round 9 Double Game Week preview. If you haven't checked out ESPN Plus yet, you really should, and the best way to do that is to head over to MLSFantasyBoss.com and click on the ESPN Plus icon banner over there on the sidebar. Check out the chat while you're there as well. Uh, but check that out. It's a great way to stream, great way to rewatch games. Uh, and uh, it's, it's five bucks, five bucks a month. So check that out. Uh, single game week options, though. Had a lot of questions from people on Twitter, particularly about one player. Uh, but this is definitely a week for double game week heavy teams. Abby, is there a single game week option that you're considering now that Jack Price is out of the picture? Uh, <laughs> and particularly, people want to know our thoughts about Pazuelo. I cannot hear you. I think you're something happened with your mic. I had muted myself. That, that <laughs> do it. That'll do it. do it. Um, I was saying that the Jack Price thing really threw me for a loop this week, so I had to really carefully consider other options. Um, but I, I was thinking Pazuelo. I was also thinking Carlos Vela, um, just because they're they're both so hot right now. Um, but I, it, I just have a really hard time picking them over some of the other options that have double game weeks. Blaine, Mike, either one of you guys want to jump in here? I mean, it's Portland. That's I think I mean, that's the big thing is that it is Portland that Toronto's playing. Yeah, my, my initial thought to this question was absolutely not. Um, on a double game week, especially one this big, the extent of my single game week options is looking for potential switcheroo candidates. 
Um, if the defense had been playing better, this is a week where you look at Fontas from Kansas City or Barath if he's playing, hosting New England coming. Uh, that's a that's a good matchup for a potential switcheroo candidate. But if you're not looking at switcheroos, you need to be looking strictly at double game week players. There's yes, somebody makes it in, but from the single game week side, but that's a one in a hundred shot, like go take the tried and true double game weeks. You may miss out on a couple of points from a single game week, but you're guaranteed to get a few more points overall. If you do miss that single game week pick Mike. And the thing about Pozuelo is that Josie's going to be out this week. Um, you know, we've talked a lot last year or well, I guess maybe two years ago, because Toronto was so bad last year about how Giovinco was not nearly as good when Josie Altidore was not available to draw defenders. I mean, Toronto's going to have, what, Terrence Boyd maybe up the, up top? Um, may, maybe they'll put up Sorio up there, but we don't really know. Certainly, the, Portland's defense is going to be focusing a lot more on Pozuelo, so I don't think he's going to be as attractive as people think. I don't know if he'll be able to put up the same kind of numbers. Plus, Portland's kind of turning it around as they're looking to just bunker now. So I don't think that's as great of a matchup. Um, the same is kind of true of Vela. They're going to Seattle. I know they just put up four uh, against Seattle this past week. Uh, and Seattle will have a double game week, but I, I still think Seattle at home is going to be a much tighter defensive fit. I mean, Vela is going to be good, but we're going to be talking about there are some really strong forwards in this double game week crop. Um, to, if we're going to go some single game week, I'm going to mention one name out there, and that's Joseph Martinez. Uh, I could also see any Atlanta defenders. We saw what Colorado did to make Chicago's players look good fantasy-wise. Um, there's a lot of pressure at Atlanta. I could see Atlanta taking advantage of Colorado's defensive miscues and putting in four, and there could be some fantasy points there. So that's the really only single game week team uh, I would really look at. Otherwise, there's just too many options and you know, we've got, what, uh, 10 double game week teams. You should be able to find some options from there. I agree. What you said about Alfdor, I think, is uh, the the best advice to point out about uh, Pozuelo going forward. But, Abby, I am going to give you a last word on this since Mike did mention Colorado. I would just say that I wouldn't. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Colorado is scoring goals. So I wouldn't necessarily, and you didn't say like shut out necessarily, but you talked. Oh, about no, I wouldn't take it a lot of the I mean, so I'm just making that clear that I, I think Atlanta offensive players are probably a good option, but I wouldn't totally discount Colorado for scoring goals and getting in there. Excellent. I mean, I would love to see Colorado win just because the pictures of Atlanta fans leaving early make me so happy. You have- and I'm going to thing, so I would get to see it firsthand. It would be so exciting. Oh, be fun. I've been to your stadium. I went out there for uh, the All-Star game against Tottenham, so that was fun. That was fun times. Uh, okay, let's move on to the uh, rest of our, our team picks. So here we go, kicking it off. Keepers, defenders, and shutouts. Uh, Blaine, who do you have? You yeah. Looking? Again, I build from the front back, so this was kind of my leftovers with open spots. Uh, my my first choice um, for defense and keeper was probably Stephen Fry in Seattle and looking in there, but I just did not have the spots open for Seattle seeing their first game this week hosting San Jose. Uh, so I've ended up on a double home keeper in Sean Johnson. Um, I know Chicago and Orlando can both score, but you, you pick a keeper – based on the double game week and kind of just roll with it. I like the double home. Um, I think the matchup is probably a little better than what uh, whoever uh, Minnesota is running out. I can't even remember. Is that Shuttleworth still? 
Um, I never look at their defense. So there's, so there's that. Um, I, I think uh, probably Seattle's got the best chances this week defensively, but number two is going to be uh, New York city for me. Um, and then, so go business. I, I can't even pronounce his name. Ibihai or whatever. Michael have to help Ibi-a-ha. you with that. Ibihai. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, 5.8 for a double game week defender. Got to go with that. Um, uh, did splurge a little bit with some of the extra money after I picked my front player. So um, Leardham for Seattle has been an offensive threat. Um, and then Daniel Stairs for LA. I'm not sure on the clean sheet chance there, but he's been getting a little involved in the attack. And I think both of these teams are going to be uh, running at him a little bit. So a lot of bonus point potential, which is what you look for in a double game week defender when you're not looking strictly at clean sheets. So, that's kind of my thing. Those are the two teams uh, clean sheet wise that I kind of like, I don't really see too many strong cases for clean sheets. Even your top defensive teams are facing some pretty solid attacks. Um, maybe a nod to Chicago on the road. If they could, I mean, both road games, but Montreal has been struggling to find goals lately. And if Titer's injured for that second game, that could be huge for Chicago. <clears throat> Mike. Uh, yeah, I also have two uh, New York City defenders. I also have Sean Johnson um, as my keeper. Uh, and, and basically my thinking there is I want to go with one of the, the home keepers. So, you know, the double home keepers anyway. Um, I, Fry is more expensive, plus that second game against LAFC doesn't really interest me a whole lot. Um, I kind of think they have like one good shot against San Jose, and that might be it um, with the way Vela's scoring against everyone this year. Um in Minnesota, with Calvo out and, and Gregus out against Zlatan, uh, that does not really think that that's a great matchup. Then they play Rooney. So, to me, New York City's got the best shot of the clean sheet. I don't think it's a great one. I, I do agree with Blaine. Um, so, for what I have uh, for defender is I have Matarita. Uh, he's a little bit more expensive than Vieja. Um, I'm a little bit more confident in playing. And also with Matriza possibly being out for one or two games, um, New York City's a little bit shorthanded on the left side. Well, we may see Jonathan Lewis start up top, but I could also see Matarita getting pushed up forward uh, with Ben Sweat kind of taking his place um, if Dome Torrent stays consistent, which is something he hasn't done ever, uh, and, and keeps that five in the back Um so I think Matarita can go forward, so I don't have to rely on the clean sheet opportunities. He can get assists, uh, and in the games he's played, he he's done pretty well. He's only had like a his lowest so far has been a three uh, on the road at Minnesota. So I, I can see some high high uh, ceiling for Matarita. Uh, I also have Kihi from Seattle. Um, I'm not super jazzed about Seattle's home chances, but I think you know two home games with San Jose at least take a flyer. Uh, and then I have Francis for Columbus as far as my um, the last defender. Um, going forward, excuse me, in, in the actual team. I don't know why I said going forward there. Uh, Columbus in Houston, I think, or D.C. with D.C. struggles, I think there may be some opportunities for Columbus. And then on the bench, I have Shea Salinas. Uh, he scored um, some goals, interestingly. I think he's a little bit of an out-of-position player, and he's 5.8. So even though I don't expect a whole lot from him, if you're going to give me 15, 4, and 9 in your last three for 5.4 million, I'm more than happy to take um a flyer on you and put you on my bench and see if he can't get one on the road. Um, so pretty good chance for a price rise too. Yeah. Abby. So I also have Madarita. 
Um, and then I was trying to decide between Seattle and um, LA Galaxy because I don't necessarily think there's going to be um, a, a shutout. Um, but I like, for some reason, I like LA's chances against. I mean, I, I just hate RSL so much that I. Just, <laughs> <laughs> and this has been like how you feel about teams kind of sinks into things a little bit because I really don't want Seattle to be playing as well as they are. Um, but I was trying to decide between LA Galaxy and Seattle. So as of now, I have Bingham as my keeper. I was thinking of switching. Um, and then Romney as one of my defenders. And then I, I don't know what I'm doing with my I defenders in the back. Um, and I still haven't really decided on my third yet. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I will just talk about some of my thoughts here, try to give a, just a wide spectrum of options for people. Uh, we've talked a lot about the double home keepers, and I think uh, Johnson was a guy who I originally had on my team. Um, 6.8, I think, is what his price is at. So I, I think that's that's good. Some of those defensive troubles, though, I think are a concern with, with New York City, but uh, a double home keeper, so that's there. If you don't want to go with a double home keeper – uh, and you don't have the money for Fry because he is definitely very expensive and, and their offense is is tempting. Uh, you might do a flyer on Bush. I know we had some success from Montreal a few weeks ago with Bush. Uh, they start out away to New England, then they come in home to Chicago, which is Chicago's second run. It's Montreal's second run, too, but they're going to be going home. So New England's not been a strong team. Chicago, questionable. We've already talked about some. Could be another good round for Montreal. Maybe even some of their defenders could be someone you sneak in there. Uh, I know they've had like like Lovitz and, and Diallo have guys that could see price rises at least. So uh, could be worth a little flyer. Did you have a quick something to say? I was just going to say I, I had them in until I found out about Tider possibly being injured. Sure, I, I think sure. they're like a lot – a lot better if they have something going forward. Yeah, no, <laughs> you know, that, that's, sure, no, that's definitely um, the stuff. He's cheap, though. That That's the advantage of Bush. Right. 6.4, he's pretty cheap. Uh, somebody else who's pretty cheap, Bingham, if you want to go with him again. We talked about that. Uh, the cheapest keeper, though, is, is Cropper. I think he's in the fives mm -hmm. right now. So if you mm -hmm. want to take a flyer on New England, who's home to Montreal, which Mike already said has some questions with their attack, then they're going to be away to Sporting Kansas City. I'm not not don't know about that one, but uh, Cropper is definitely a budget keeper that is likely to play uh, both games right there. So um, right now I have Bush in there, but it's I don't know. I'm probably going to go with the budget guy myself in this spot right there. I have worries about Stefan with with Columbus if you're looking there. Alston's got two road games, so. I don't think we should expect any keeper to get two home games this week. Uh, we haven't talked about rotations yet. We've mentioned just some concerns as with every double game week rotations are a concern, but these guys that are double homes are less likely to see these rotations, especially back in these defensive units as well, unless there's injuries and such like Mike's touched on right there. Um, specifically we'll get to some other players as we get to the, the attacking positions, but that's just a quick aside right there for rotations for uh, defenders. I have Moderita right now. I was also considering Tinner Boom as well. I mean, Tinner Home. Uh, no, Tinner Boom is fine. <laughs> I was considering him as well. Um, I just know he's sort of been involved in lots of those plays in the past, but that was a budget call for me eventually. Mm -hmm. Andrea, 6.3. Uh, Tinner Home's, what, 
a one or not point nine more right there. He's seven point something. So seven point uh, one. Yeah. 7.1. So he's he's pretty close. He's pretty high there too. But I uh, like uh, where everyone's thinking. Those two more advanced players, I think, for New York City is is a pretty good call this week. Both of Seattle's Smith and and uh, Leardom, I think, have to be in the in the mix. We've talked about Smith though, maybe seeing some rotation. So that's one a potential rotating defender right there. I already mentioned some Montreal players, and I'm with you, Abby. I think we've been down on LA Galaxy, uh, but they've got a couple of clean sheets and, and very maybe these last two games have both been clean sheets. For the, I've I've just gone blank on LA Galaxy, but they've got some <laughs> clean sheets recently. My, I changed my browser or not my browser. I changed my tab, and I don't feel like going back. But they've got a couple. Of clean sheets <laughs> um, and so I, I don't think you're crazy at all to to want to think about LA Galaxy players. Um, you Steeris is a good option. If I know Polenta is is yellow flagged right now, so keep an eye on him. This is the last game for of the double game week team, so you're going to be in it for the long haul if you want to see how LA Galaxy players are going to give you some points. But uh, I, I think that's that's a great option and, and some good value there for for defenders. Um, that's where I'm at right now. So has some consensus. I like that. Some good options. There's uh, some places to start on your your back line right there. Uh, clean sheets. Do we need to pick this out, or have we pretty much touched on our defensive options are pretty much where we're thinking clean sheets are coming from? Anybody have something else to throw in? No? Nope. All right. We'll just say that's, that's the, the clean sheets right there. Let's move on to midfielders. This is always a tough one. Mike? All right. So um, I have Maxi Morales. Uh, I struggled a lot with the, the decision. Uh, whether or not to go with him or Ring, uh, or even James Sands. But I ended up going with Max Morales uh, on the idea that um, with Bear in the lineup, that he'll get more pro- productivity. Um, also, I-, I think New York City has probably the best two sets of home games, you know, with the double homes. Um, and I think the offensive potential is there with Chicago and Orlando. Uh, and the other thing about Ring that kind of concerns me is I think his average is inflated a little bit by goals. And, and with Bear there now, I don't think Ring is going to get as offensive forward and get those goal opportunities. So I don't think he's going to be able to replicate it. Um, so for, for me, if you're not sold on Max Morales, and I think there is a case you know, that he hasn't been producing the way he has in the past, to me, I would just drop all the way down to Sands and save the money. I think he's a better value as far as a defensive mid than ring. Um, but I kind of like Maxi's offensive potential, so I went with Maxi Morales. Um, I also have Ladero. That's based solely on the fact that he has gone off on really bad teams, and I still think San Jose is a really bad team, so I'm going to take the big points and the high ceiling there. Um, I thought about rolled on and, and that I eventually had to drop rolled on. I also have Jonathan Dos Santos. We haven't talked a lot about him uh, this week. He's been very consistent. He has a seven point um, average uh, at 10.4. He's not as expensive. Um, I mean, his lowest so far has been uh, a four really good points. Got double digits twice. Uh, he also got double digits the last time the LA Galaxy played against Minnesota. So I really like him this week. Um, I don't know if he's a differential pick. We'll have to see uh, the way the percentages go. But I think he's a guy that we don't have on our radar because he was so bad last year. But he's been pretty good this year. Uh, also, Victor Rodriguez. Um, 8.9 from Seattle, uh, you know, kind of trying to get some potential off of that San Jose matchup. Um, and, yeah, that's those are the midfielders I have. All right. Abby. So I actually – one of my, like, strategies, for better or for worse, is that I 
really like to def to rely on midfielders because I feel like they're workhorses and they're more consistent than a lot of forwards. Um, so I typically have five midfielders, um, and this week is no different than how I usually do it. Um, I also went with Victor Rodriguez because he is cheaper than Christian Roldan and has a similar average and I think he I, I don't know I think it's a comparable I think he's a comparable player um I did go with ring and Lodiero and then I also I wanted um a midfielder from Columbus because they're um just because they've been playing well but I kind of started to run out of money so I went with Will Trap from Columbus and then Acosta from DC because I think he's been playing pretty consistently uh well even though it's two away games which is kind of i mean i try to typically go with um players who have more home games or a home game uh, but i think he's he's fairly consistent no matter what so i feel good about having him all right yeah uh trap and those uh, defensive midfielders always a good option for for double game weeks i, I think i think that's that's a good pick up there blank what are you looking at yeah, you guys have caught on most of them. Uh, Ladero and Morales, I think, are pretty much must-owns with the double homes this week. Um, the potential for just massive points is there, and I don't think you can miss out if they do go off. Um, those have got to be two your two premium guys. Um, I'm with Mike, though. I like DeSantos this time around. Um, double game week, we've seen a little bit of rotation from L.A. in the past. I think Alessandrini, if he plays both games, is probably your little bit better player. He is just a touch more expensive, I believe. But I see a lot less rotation risk from DeSantos here. And I, I just get that feeling that Alessandrini is not going to go the full 180, and DeSantos will. And he's been taking a lot of the set pieces lately, too. So I think you're going to get a lot of good value here on him. Um, I'm team roll down if you're going to go with Seattle here. I've got him in my lineup. Um, that first game should be a chance for him to really get some passing in, get press forward a little bit more. But he's going to absorb a lot of pressure in that uh, LAFC game. And that's just potential for bonus points for your defensive midfielder. His average is still way up there. I, I just think he's a solid, safe pick this week and not lose ground and then i went as far as i like the way katai has been playing for chicago lately uh mm -hmm. montreal's kind of been in and out of how they're playing on defense one week they're great one week they're just absolute garbage um never know what you're gonna get and i think that compact field at new york city is going to be interesting for him this week so i threw him on my bench i think he's got a lot of potential there decent average and just with the way chicago has been playing offense and i don't both of these teams he's up against have that kind of hit or miss defense that uh, it's worth the risk on the bench. Yeah, no, I agree. You guys have touched on uh, a lot of, of the best options there. The problem I'm having and others may be experiencing this right now is I'm trying to keep a strong bench to keep the switcheroo options available. And I find that uh, with the forwards that I have lined up, it's, it's hurting my, my midfield option. So I may end up uh, just liquidating my bench and going with the budget bench to get all that money into the field so I can, increase a lot of these players to those to those options i've got ladero i also went with jonathan dos santos right there uh, a couple other names i'll throw out in case you're looking for options if you can't afford rolled on because he is 10 million you might look over at at svensson uh, he's he's also kind of playing in that little further back role 7.9 points not as good as Roldan for sure but could be another fairly consistent player there you've also maybe got ozzy alonzo over in minnesota mm -hmm. 8.4 uh, if they, I mean, they have those, 
uh, red cards are dealing with, which just could mean more pressure against them, which would likely mean more action for Alonzo. So could be some, some good bonus point generation from him up there against that, that big powerful LA team and then whatever Rooney and Acosta are able to generate. So um, could be, could be some good stuff from him, but otherwise you guys have nailed a lot of the options that are going, uh, going to be on the radar for a lot of people. So let's move over to our forwards. Now, Abby, kick us off with this one. Well, I have yet to get on the Zlatan train this season um, because he's just so expensive. But I don't know how you can not have him for a double game week. Um, I feel like you just have to have Zlatan on your uh, team this week. So he's one of my two. And then I went with Quintero from Minnesota. Um, I think he's been... Well, he, I don't know. He's had a couple like double digit weeks and then a few single digit weeks, but I feel like he's going, I just, I have a feeling. So I'm just going with it. And I feel like he's a guy that not everyone is necessarily thinking about. So that as we were talking about before, how, when you get behind, sometimes you kind of make decisions to that you think other people aren't going to be making to maybe help you make up some ground. So I kind of feel like he could be that. I'll give you those numbers right now. Zlatan is 26.5% owned and uh, Quintero is 4.5. Yeah. I did look that up before I said (laughs) anything about it just to make sure I didn't put my foot in my mouth. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) I I think that's, that's uh, some solid options right there. Blaine. Well, those were the first two guys I added to my roster. Um, uh, Quintero's got the double home, um, somewhat questionable defenses lately. I know we talked about LA turning it around, but LA is still a questionable defense, if you ask me. I think they're getting better, and this could, and the, um, Minnesota's just got too much in the attack here. And so, yeah, I got to have him. Uh, Zlatan's got to be in there as well. Um, he's uh, one of your front runners for obvious captain choice this week as well so if he's going to be on that many captain lists he's got to be in everybody's lineup as far as i'm concerned and then uh third spot was a little tougher i wish we didn't have some of the rotation and some of the injuries that were going on um i'd love to have rui diaz if he starts the first game i will probably try to switch it over to him but i just can't guarantee he's going to play um and again, if if New York City had a for sure striker that wasn't Heber, I mean, I think he can be that guy. But I just want somebody a little more proven so far. So my third spot's Otteru um, Switcheru spot with TJ Sapong. He's been tearing it up this season, and it's really hard to bet against the big guy in this in this week. Still in the thunder, Mike. <laughs> um, I do have Ibrahimovic and Quintero. Um, I think their numbers kind of speak for themselves. Uh, I, I mean, they're just have put up such gaudy numbers. I don't know how you can't have them on your, on your team. Um, those are the two I, I started with putting my team together. Um, then for my third forward, I had exactly six point nine million left over, and so that was exactly enough to grab Daddy Hosen. Um, <laughs> so you know, be like, I know who you picked. <laughs> so you know, not not the best uh, of of matchups to to road games to solid defensive teams, but you know what? He's got nine, three, and thirteen, so decent chance at a price rise um, at that. And if he gets Seattle on the break and something crazy happens, as we saw this past double game week with Vancouver, um, he's on my bench as part of the auto roof, so I'll be able to take advantage of it. Uh, I'm in agreement uh, exactly as what Mike has with Sultan Quintero and. Uh, uh, Hussein right there. That's that's who I've rolled with. Uh, 
And I, that that gut that Abby was talking about, I, I think, is right this week. Uh, Quintero has just been uh, a, a beast when it's been scoring. He's been involved in a lot. He's clearly the first person people look at. And with Minnesota having two home games, I think that that really plays in their advantage, even with it being against an L.A. Galaxy team. That's been doing better on defense than, than we've seen in the past. Uh, and then a D.C. team, which, as we also mentioned, has been struggling some lately. So uh, it's, it's definitely possible. I could see him maybe getting three this week, maybe pulling a – Pulling a brace, or maybe maybe two might be the safe safe bet. Maybe that's our over under, but a two or three game week. I don't goal week. I don't think is beyond uh, the the picture for for Quintero right there. So definitely Zlatan, he's he's getting the PKs. That's what he's been doing a lot recently. We always say, I always say at least that that doesn't seem like it, could, it can be sustainable, and yet it is. So, I think uh, anything is possible with him. Anything, exactly. That's what we take from this. We had a question here from Reddit, and I mentioned some of this earlier. I'm getting some kisses right now from my dog. Um, <laughs> if if we thought that he would play with turf coming in, and this kind of facts into the rotations, my thought, and you all can can weigh in after this, please, is he missed a lot of time last year because of artificial services. And I don't think at this point in the league that that is something that we tend to let DPs get away with. Well, maybe depending on who you are, but for LA Galaxy, they've been trying to fight back. They need Zlatan. He's so such an important thing that I don't think that they're paying him money to let him sit out a decent chunk of games throughout this year. So I'm pretty sure that he'll feature in both games. He may not pull 90 in each one. He may not go go the full 180, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go get at least 140 out of this round. What do you all think? Yeah, two thoughts. On... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, didn't he say that he was going to play in all the turf games this year and last year? It had to do with his knee and all that other stuff. So um, I, I don't think there's any reason to not expect him to play. But I think what you touched on in that he might not play a full 90 is probably realistic. But yeah, I... Same thing, like, Zatan was dealing with the knee injury last year. Um, he'll say he wasn't. He'll say he was fine. But I think he was taking precautions and not playing on turf to re-aggravate that. I think he wanted to keep playing as long as he can, and he didn't want to take any unnecessary risks. And this year, he's taking it kind of personal that they missed the playoffs last year, and he's not going to let any game slip by where he can affect the playoff standings. So I fully expect him to play every game he's healthy for and can suit up. He's going to suit up and play, even if it's a 60-minute run out. If they're up three or four goals on uh, in Minnesota, he'll come off the field. But I expect him to play. And I don't know, 180 doesn't seem out of the question for him. He's getting mad at guys for giving him a bad ball on his hat trick when they're already got the game locked up. I mean, he wants – he wants the goals. He wants to keep competing at the highest level. So I could see 180 on this one. Now, is Minnesota grass right now? Yes, I, I was about they, to say. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, everybody's worried yes, about was, uh... They put in the Kentucky bluegrass. I mean, that was the thing. They went for a cold-weather grass that can survive early and late season. So this is going to be fine for him. This is double grass. Uh, I guess I thought RSL might have been artificial. but Well, that, that, that game's in L.A. 
But you, you were oh, thinking right. Minnesota had the turf. I, I did. I did. It. I was. You're right. That's right. I should have known better. I should have known better. How dare I? I have to forfeit a bottle of bourbon or something because of that. But I think we all got it wrong. Can you forfeit uh, that to me, right? Like I'll, I'll do that. Yeah. Baton's uh, <laughs> knee was not injured last year. His sheer presence injured the ground of the United States, and he had to give it time to recover so he could continue. That's That's clearly – what happened. So uh, thanks for pointing it out about uh, Zlatan and, uh, and Sapong, a great option as well, Blaine, right there. Uh, let's wrap this up with captains. I don't know if we have as sure of a captain this week. Uh, Mike, who are you going with? I'm going with uh, Zlatan. Um, I'm, I figure if he doesn't, if he's, you know, rotated in the medal game, I'll switch to Quintero. Abby? Same. Well, not with the switch. I'm just sticking with Zlatan. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a win it. Blaine. Uh, my gut says go with Quintero this week, but I'm going to be giving Lily the decision again, like I always do, and she's going to get cards with Ladero, Morales, Zlatan, and Quintero on them, and we'll see what she comes up with. Oh, my goodness. That's ridiculous. Uh, I have I have Z-Dog as well. Sorry. I Someone got mad at Mike for mispronouncing Zlatan recently, so I told him we were going to switch to Z-Dog, and I just had to do it at least once. Uh, I also have him as my captain, so... Uh, as I so like I said, I thought Quintero might be able to get two or three. Slaton could get like seventeen. I don't know. It's it's just who knows what's going to happen. But yeah, I have Slaton right there as well. We'll see who Lily picks later on. Uh, special segment right here though, real quick. Older Goaler is doing the theme team this week as well, and the theme this week is draft. And uh, there are some rules of people who are in this this uh, project or can do. Each person is allowed to pick one player or they can replace a player that uh, somebody else has already picked. So currently the team has Bingham, Jonathan Dos Santos, Gill, who we didn't mention in the uh, midfielder section. Definitely an option, I think, this double game week, though a lot of people are really down on New England. Uh, Zlatan is already in, and then Matarita is in. So we're going to have each of us or each of our three guests here, co-hosts and guests, are going to pick a player for this, uh, this team or replace a player. So... Uh, let's start out uh, with our special guest, Abby. Who are you picking? I am going to bring Quintero or Quintero. Um, I'm going to add him as a second forward. Is that okay? Yes, that is yes. okay. I was typing it into the into the Discord chat right there for how this goes. Uh, the, the budget's pretty generous right here, 121.4, so doing better than, than all of us. That's that's Andrew Winner-level money right there. Uh, Blaine, going down the picture order, who do you pick? Uh, let's go with Roldan. Let's get a little bit cheaper option in the midfield. Okay. And Mike? Um, I'm going to do this for Ben. I'm going to throw in um, Sean Johnson instead of Bingham. Because I can replace Ooh. one. Because Sean Johnson is Benedict's favorite player, so I'm gonna make sure he's in there. Cool. There we go. There we go. Throwing in those three keepers. So if you haven't already uh, follow Older Goaler, head over to Discord chat MLSFantasyBoss.com. The the theme teams are very fun. He does that, and uh, it's 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 always a hoot with the crazy stuff that he comes up with. So like tattoos and bald players and only players from three different colors, things like that. So it's it's crazy stuff. That's all that we have for the show this week. A little bit longer. Double Game Week merits it, though, I think. Uh, we hope and I hope that all of these tips have helped you at least uh, get a groundwork going for who you're going to target for this massive Double Game Week round nine that we have. Uh, let's get our plugs real quick. Uh, Abby. 
What am I supposed to plug? Just like myself? You can plug yourself. <laughs> I, I kind of assumed that you would plug Burgundy Wave. Well, that's what I was going to do, but I didn't think like the pressure got to me, and I didn't know if I was supposed to do something else. Anyway, anyway I'm at Burgundy Wave. It's all about the rapids, so if you want to catch up on what the rapids are up to, um, burgundywave.com at Bernie Wave on Twitter, and then I am also on Twitter at Abby Mood, A-B-B-I-E-M-O-O-D. Thank you. Blaine. Um, nothing major for me this week. If you guys have any ideas for Golden Rules, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Um, toying with a couple of ideas again, uh, maybe trying to play catch up from behind per our conversation earlier, and just some of those, some of those like differentials and some strategies when you are falling behind on trying to get back into it. But other than that, not, not much. Mike? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter because I'm tweeting again now that it's it's Easter and Lent is over. So at Mike.Tiger, and you can see me and Blaine fight. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's always funny. And, of course, you can check everything out that I do over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Uh, with these double game weeks, we kind of usually get a bunch of stuff posted on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Monday's kind of rough. But uh, check that out for all the charts and the articles that we have. Uh, head over to r slash fantasy MLS for the Reddit chat. Get over to the Discord to have all sorts of great team chat goes on there. Uh, advice from some of the top players in the game. And then also don't forget, head over to MLSsoccer.com and just do a search for newsletters. It's, it's the easiest way to find it. Sign up for the fantasy newsletter, especially if you're a new player. It sends the advice, that little, little personal articles that I write each week uh, right to your inbox talks about a, a tactic or, or just a, a takeaway for this for that round, has a couple of picks, and then links the, the Fantasy United FC and Skylar's picks as well, and all in that article right there. Sign up for that newsletter and send me a question. I always answer at least two questions each week uh, from, from players about anything. If, if you're brand new, I want to help you out. So send that over. Send me some ads on Twitter. Subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, check out all the stuff that we got going on. It's fantastic. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a patron and good luck.